Hello, this is Jim McCarty, welcoming you to the L&L Research Law of One podcast, episode number 96. L&L Research is a nonprofit dedicated to freely sharing spiritually oriented information and fostering community. And towards this end, has two websites, the archive website, lrresearch.org, and the community website, bringforth.org. I'm joined today by Austin Bridges and Gary Bean. In this podcast, we discuss spiritual topics through the lens of the law of one and our own personal experiences. We hope only to offer a resource and provide discussion, not to present ourselves as authorities with the final word on these subjects. Please exercise your utmost discernment while you listen to us ramble on. Many of the topics we discuss on the podcast come from questions sent in by seekers. If you have a question or topic you'd like for us to discuss, please send it in and email them to us at contact at lrresearch.org or go to lrresearch.org forward slash podcast for further instructions. Again, I'm Jim McCarty, and this is LNL Research Law of One podcast. Okay, guys, are you ready to talk about psychic greetings and psychic attack? 50 milligrams of caffeine says yes, I am. (laughs) Well, sounds like you're ready to go, Gary. Well, back in the early 80s, uh, during the contact with those of Ra, Don, Carl, and I experienced what Ra called psychic attacks that seemed to be offered to us by what you might call negative entities of a discarnate nature. The purpose of these attacks seemed to be to stop the raw contact. Usually the attacks were focused on some portion of our thinking or emotions or even our bodies, especially Carla's, if uh, she was experiencing pain. We eventually came to call these experiences psychic greetings in order to lessen the feeling of separation that the word attack creates and increase the feeling of unity. We wanted to see these entities as our brothers and sisters of the negative path that were serving the creator in their own way. In the Law of One, 101, The Choice, um, Carla has a section on psychic greeting and Quo has a quote that I think I'd like to start with. Psychic greetings are those greetings which have been sent by an entity most usually of the inner planes with the intention of disrupting the process of spiritual evolution and causing an entity to stop its forward progress and to become lost in the side roads of inner questioning and suffering. Under this definition, you may see that psychic greeting is a term that is much overused and often misused among your peoples. However, if one pulls one focus back into looking at what your energetic bodies are, and how they experience you and your thinking processes, the concept of psychic greeting may be perhaps redefined as psychic resistance and may be widened to include a wide variety of ways in which your energetic body can experience psychic resistance. So our first question today with all of this in mind is what is the basic cause or reason for psychic greetings? Austin, how would you like to start us off? That's a really enlightening quote that you just read. I hadn't heard that before. And I think that really kind of uh, hits the nail on the head in the way that I view psychic greeting. Um, Like Kua was saying, I think it's a pretty overused term. And that there's a lot of things that could be called psychic greeting that might not actually be this literal other entity 
that is causing whatever this reaction is that we're feeling inside, but then reframing it to psychic resistance is really a, a great perspective to take in my mind. But if we're talking about uh, psychic greeting as in a literal greeting from another negative entity, um, I'm really interested to hear both of your takes on this question because I don't necessarily have the most clarity in my head about in what scenarios a psychic greeting uh, might arise. Um, I do believe that the psychic greeting that you, Don, and Carla experienced during the raw contact is unlike the type of psychic greeting that most other people would ever experience because just the level of the work that you were doing is unlike the level of work that most other people might be doing in terms of a magical sense. But I do think in my mind, how I conceive of what attracts psychic greeting is that magical type of work. When you are working with others towards service to others in a group setting and there's sort of a magical charge to what you're doing. I don't think it necessarily has to be considered magical. I don't necessarily think you have to be doing rituals or um, magical work like channeling or something like that. But I do think that when you're working together with a group of others towards service to others, and there is some sort of magical charge to what you're doing that creates that light that attracts the psychic greeting. That is what then can bring uh, the negative entity to, to you and attempt them to influence you um, because you're working with a magical power, a magical potential, and they see that potential as something that can be utilized for their polarization. And if they're successful, then they increase in their polarization. So that is my general answer, I think, is when you're working with a magical potential, that is that signal that uh, brings the psychic greeting. Okay. Uh, Gary, how about you? What's your opinion on that? The cause of psychic greetings? So uh, what do I think are the basic causes of psychic greeting? Um, I think Austin really proceeded in, in the direction that I would head as well. In the quote that you read, Jim, it, um, it attributed the motivation to the negative entity as being one which seeks to disrupt the processes of spiritual evolution. And in a sense, that's true. But the, the negative beings I don't see as like agents of chaos or those that don't want progression. Rather, they want negative progression. And um, when a positive light is sensed, then there's like an automatic physics in the universe that alerts the loyal opposition to the emergence of this light. And the greater the power of that light, uh, as would be true in the case Austin described of magical working, the greater the alert, the signal that the negative entity receives. And how do they respond when they sense that light? Um, <clears throat> uh, their most delicious objective would be to gain that light for themselves and to enslave the positive entity and acquire that power because that's the mo of the negative entity they are bent upon a single-minded path of uh, power acquisition for themselves which is gained by the theft through manipulation of free will of other selves but if they can't enslave the positive entity and gain that power then um 
controlling or just stopping it altogether would be satisfactory to them. Because not only are they wanting their personal power, but particularly in a battlefield sort of environment that planet Earth is, they are um, seeking to make the environment conducive to service to self. So if the positive light that is sensed has the power to spread positivity on the planet, to energize others for harvest, then the negative entity wants to snuff that light out, to change the game board so that uh, Earth does not tilt positive or so that there are reduced opportunities for positivity. but it is not to imply that one needs to be doing magical working to attract negative greeting. Um, just by virtue of our spiritual work and our attempts to polarize, we are accruing to ourselves more power or becoming vessels for power and um, becoming instruments through which love and light flow. So that again alerts negative entities sends out a signal. Um, Here's a couple quick quotes where Rod describes this process. In 68.16, they say that the entity becomes aware of power. The power has the capacity of energizing those which may be available for harvest. The negative entity is desirous of disabling this power source. And then in 80.5, Ra says, such purity as the raw contact is as a light. Such intensity of light attracts attention. So what is the basic cause or reason for negative greeting? Um, It's, I think this is my final thought and that's that. It, um, like Rod describes how the polarity itself, the invention of it, as a byproduct of the implementation of the veil created the primary driver of evolution by uh, creating these service to others and service to self pass then this friction and tension was created whereby work and consciousness happened and that's because these two polarities energize each other Um, and psychic greeting is this arena where or platform that brings the polarities into really sharp relief because they they face off and square off with each other and require that each polarity be more pure in its expression. So I'm zooming out a little bit to highlight how negative greeting has an ultimately positive effect for the positive entity because it tests our choices and causes us to recommit and to purify and to strengthen our resolve and our will and faith. And it's like a muscle development system in that regard. If we're seeking to um, strengthen our muscles, this is the pushback that allows us to. And it serves as a big color highlighter over the places within us that need attention and love and forgiveness and integration. In other words, the the weaknesses within us where we need to do work so that this why does negative greeting happen it happens for that reason too it highlights to us where we need to do our work by exacerbating those areas and this happens not just on an individual level but on groups and between individuals and groups as well in order to disintegrate groups but that's me 
Yeah, that's very good. Uh, I believe that Ra also said that um, there could not be any greeting made on the entity that's being greeted that was not freely chosen by that entity, which I think is basically what you were saying there when you say that it, greetings show us where we have shortcomings that we need to focus on and to enhance uh, whatever it was that was greeted. Um, are, are you, uh, how do you think about that? What do you feel about that? Uh, yes, I think everything in the universe happens according to our free will, and that includes negative greeting. It is only by the, within the domain of our own free will that negative greeting can operate by enhancing pre-existing distortions. Right. They can't create one for us. They can't put a stomach block there that we haven't chosen, right? Yeah, it's a good way to put it. I like that. Okay. Um, Carla has a little paragraph here to kind of go along with what you just said. Uh, some psychic greetings do indeed come from a separate personality, which has an existence independent of the players. She uses the word player in capital P to let people know a conscious seeker of truth is a player on the enhanced game board. So a P with a small P would be the person who does not have a spiritual journey, unaware such things exist, and they play on the flat game board. So usually these greetings occur because the players begun accessing the gateway to offer gifts such as pure radiance of being, channeling or healing. Psychic greeting is a left-handed compliment, as Gary was saying. If you are receiving a greeting, you know you're on the right track. You're polarizing well and standing close enough to the light to cast a sharp and noticeable shadow. So again, I think that what you both were saying was that when we engage in work that has a chance of producing the ability to create changes in consciousness, to accelerate people's spiritual evolution, then we are in an area where it, I believe it's actually sort of like a cosmic law that uh, according to the um, way that the opposition tends to work, when they notice that there is a light going on that has a chance to change consciousness, then this quarantine that surrounds the planet uh, requires and allows uh, the opposition to have its say as well. So that if those who are producing the light cannot be as pure as the light that they're standing next to, then the opposition has a chance to be heard and to either distort the light through self-aggrandizement if temptations are offered and can't be refused or aren't refused, then uh, the light uh, may be put out or an attempt may be made to put it out. Austin, what do you think so far about what Gary and I have said? I agree completely. And it's a little more relevant than what you're coming to talk about later, but it's one way to frame the psychic greeting that I think puts a more positive spin on it. And how to deal with it is that when we're being greeted and these things are being highlighted that already exist within us, it's sort of like a gift telling us like, hey, here's something that you can focus on to aid your spiritual growth. So it's a way to kind of spin it to see it more as a gift, even though it's not intended as a gift but you can still be grateful for it when it's something that is beneficial to you on your journey. Right, right. Okay, um, any other comments on that, Gary or Austin? No, thanks. Not for me. Okay, well, I think we've, we haven't really gotten into it in any kind of depth yet, but the question for number two is, how are psychic greetings manifested? Uh, Gary, can you give any examples, uh, anything that you've experienced or heard about or know about? of how they might be manifested in a person's life. Hmm, you, you started to get into uh, that a little bit. 
Yeah, and as did you and uh, what you were just describing in terms of temptations, because that is, uh, according to Ra, one of the ways that fourth density negative entities seek to psychically attack or, as we say, greet third density entities is by offering temptations. And like, what's an example of a temptation? Just anything, like you were saying, Jim, uh, aggrandizement which that word can be defined as the act of making something appear greater than it actually is warranted by the facts or to enhance the power, wealth, position, or reputation of someone, which can be synonymous with like glorifying the self or what colloquially we understand is a big ego. So like <laughs> temptations of you should, you should, you know, like the, the devil whispering in your ear or about like, you should be wealthy or famous, or you're better than that person. You're better than other people, or your your status should be elevated, or you're you're uniquely special in some way. So that's a form of temptation, as is um, self doubt. Is is um, Don was greeted in that way, but apparently he just wasn't able to be energized along that line. Um, and I really like to highlight this because I have seen this operate strongly in my own life and in the life of others. And in terms of interpersonal psychic greeting, I see it operating by helping to sow seeds of misunderstanding and the erosion of trust and doubt between people. And when that trust goes, trust is the is trust and love is part of the glue that allows interpersonal work to happen, allows harmony to unfold, even when there's differences of opinions. But when that foundation of trust starts to be eroded and the other self is viewed through a veil of suspicion and doubt and um, their intentions are misconstrued, then uh, groups can easily disintegrate and communication can go awry in every which way. And like you were saying, Jim, these this is all due to pre-existing distortions within us, but those distortions can be magnified. The volume can be taken from, I don't know, a five to a 10 due to psychic greeting and the eyesight becomes clouded so that instead of love and trust, there's doubt and, and suspicion. Um, and I would like to talk about knowing the self, but I'm going to cut myself off and turn it back to you and maybe we'll get back to that. Okay. Well, let's not forget that then. Uh, Austin, what do you think about uh, how are psychic greetings manifested in any way that you are familiar with? I think highlighting the idea of temptation is probably the most useful way to look at it. And that's also a good reason to reframe it from psychic attack to psychic greeting because when you think about attack it's almost like there's something very forceful mm. like something that causes you pain something like that makes emotional spiritual pain and i think that's what a lot of people sort of mistake for psychic greeting too is when they're experiencing something that's very painful that feels like it's coming from the outside they might call it psychic attack because it feels like there's an entity attacking them and they might even perceive an entity attacking them whether there is or isn't but so often Ra described the most basic form of psychic greeting as temptation and like gary was uh listing some of the examples specifically Ra said that they might suggest um at least in the terms of channeling um many distortions towards specific information towards the aggrandizement of the self 
towards the flowering of the organization in some political, social, or fiscal way. So that's with, I think, specifically a channeling group. Those are the temptations. But then I think that the temptations can be really any kind of temptations. They said about um, you three, Jim, Carla, and Don, that uh, in this case, this particular group, each was given a full range of temptations to cease being of service to each other and service to the one infinite creator. And then, of course, you guys all rejected those temptations, thankfully. Um, but I think temptation is the best way to frame it in terms of how I've personally experienced it and witnessed it um, in my life. I think it seems especially relevant in group work. I think when you're doing group work, that uh, magical potential is increased a lot more than if you're doing just work by yourself. It causes the attraction of the negative entity a lot more. And the way that I have experienced psychic greeting myself is the temptation to view a relationship as potentially no longer sustainable, that it will be the suggestion that whatever hurdle is in front of you, whatever interpersonal issue you are dealing with in this moment, it is the seed idea that this is the end of the relationship. This is can't be overcome. I have to cut ties and leave. And I think that's really the key. Like whatever the negative entity is attempting to do, their main goal is to stop the work. And if you're doing group work, I think the easiest way to stop that work is to divide the group and separate them. And, you know, when you have, when you have two people and you cut those people in half, that uh, magical potential decreases by more than just half of what it was. You know, it's like a exponential thing. So dividing the group is really the end goal of it. And in general, when talking about experiencing psychic greeting, like Gary was saying, even though it is a pre-existing distortion, something that's already there, it is turned up a lot. And the ultimate goal, I think, is to try to throw you off balance. Because even though, like I was saying, you can view it as sort of a gift and highlighting something that needs to be worked on, I think the idea is that it is elevated to such an extent that it overwhelms and it becomes harder to work on. So even though it can be a gift, it is such an overwhelming gift that it... Uh, loses some of the value as a gift. So uh, in general, I think that experience is what I view as uh, a mark of psychic greeting is just something that seems overwhelming and uh, really tries to throw you off balance from your normal capacities to process catalyst. Right. Uh, I was just curious as you were talking about working together with different people and places, uh, I know that you and Gary aren't in the office here anymore because of the COVID virus, but when you guys have been working in the office and working hard to get things done, have you ever felt any kind of greeting coming from outside of you that was causing a problem in any respect? Uh, I would think that that would be possible. Have you ever felt that? Yeah, you know, we don't talk about this a whole lot um, because, I mean, just between the three of us even, like we don't mention psychic greeting a whole lot, which I think is actually healthy because psychic greeting is such an easy way to release personal responsibility from whatever right. you're experiencing. So, um, but I do believe I experience it. I think that I have, um, from working with you both over the past seven years now, uh, my detector for what I think I feel is psychic greeting has 
gotten pretty sensitive. And so it's easy for me in general, as a person, this is sort of like a built-in distortion. It's easy for me to kind of like let things roll away, let like issues just roll off my back. But it's become even easier now with a psychic greeting where like that temptation of um, feeling like there's a really deep-seated problem in the relationship and that it's unsustainable. Um, the the actual thought doesn't cross my mind. I can feel the temptation arise, but it's not something that actually uh, takes seat in my mind. Okay. How about you, Gary? Have you had any experiences like that uh, as, as a working element of LNL research? Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, it, you know, I have had uh, moments of misunderstanding with both of you specifically with Carla when she was with us with various people and on the LL stage and who knows what might be the genesis of it, a difference of point of view, a miscommunication, a misunderstanding on my end, misunderstanding on somebody else's end, but something creates that seed and then friction arises within me and I find myself having you know, imaginary arguments and um, because there is something which is unresolved and that can grow and continue and if not healed then it has the potential to corrode or poison um other moments which may be completely benign or, or benevolent between uh myself and somebody else which again harkens harkens <laughs> which um, circles back to what i was describing in terms of trust and and good faith that say like you are watching a movie and you know, I, I don't know, somebody's doing something that's otherwise mundane or benign, but suspicious, like ominous music is being played <laughs> in the background. It like changes the whole feeling tone and the, the characters actions that you're watching on screen then become suspicious or like you're wondering uh, what their intentions are. And I think that's part of what psychic greeting does to the mental environment is to begin to create that ominous music, so to speak. But <laughs> Um, I have found that I get argumentative in my head and it can build and the quickest and surest way to dissipate it is just through uh, a heart to heart conversation. And I've done that with you guys. Uh, Austin pretty much processes most of his catalysts internally on his own, but Jim, you've done it with me probably with Austin as well. Um, you start to get out of sorts about the other person and it starts to interfere with your love for them. So you just talk it out. And we three um, and Carla the same, um, just through that alone have managed to dissipate that charge uh, pretty rapidly and return to harmony uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, I agree totally. Um, well, for myself, probably the most significant psychic attack or greeting I ever experienced was in the raw contact. And it was at the point where uh, the three of us were considering how to go forward with publishing self-publishing our books. And uh, Don wanted to put them all together, the first three books. And uh, I said, well, that sounds like a great idea, but we don't have enough money to do that. And that didn't seem to make any difference. He said, well, I want to do that anyway. I said, but Don, we don't have enough money. And uh, I got frustrated with him. And about the point that uh, that happened, somebody knocked at the door. We were in the living room. And we had a couch across the middle of the room there to kind of divide it up into a smaller area for our Sunday night meditations. So to express my anger, I hurtled the couch. 
and uh, went over and answered the door. But that wasn't the end of it for me because I didn't go back to Don and resolve the difficulty, that the anger that I felt that he just didn't understand. He might want to do this and we all might want to do it, but we couldn't do it. So that night as I was sleeping, uh, our friend of negative polarity guided a common wood spider to my elbow as I was sleeping in bed and it bit me in uh, two different places. And that was energized by the friend so that uh, I, in two weeks, I gained like 30 pounds of water weight. And well, you know the story there. Um, it took quite a while to recover from that, but that is uh, probably the, an extreme example of how psychic greetings can happen. But I don't think that most people have to worry about that kind of greeting because very few people are attracting the attention of a fifth density negative friend who uh, would like to end the raw contact. So um, any other manifestation illustrations we want to give before we go on to number three? Um, I think it's worth highlighting what you were just talking about. And I mentioned it earlier that what you all experienced during the raw contact is unusual. And I'm not clear in my mind what allows for a negative entity to manipulate you physically because within the examples of what you all experienced like you just described the um, energizing of the spider bite and Carla experienced a lot of physical um, greeting during the raw contact and I'm not sure but I have to imagine that it takes a very skilled and clever negative entity to be able to do something like that so I think that um the focusing more on the emotional or the temptations for most people who are worried about this kind of thing is a lot more important and a lot more relevant. I really like how Gary framed it as like adding the background music to what yeah. you're seeing because it's just it can be such a subtle thing that it's just a slight bias towards viewing something in a certain light and that's all that's needed. It's such a, a small seed that can be planted that can just then continue to grow and grow unless it's addressed. Yeah. Uh, any more comments, Gary, on that? Yeah, uh, three things. The first two are quick. Uh, regarding, I didn't really specify my experience of psychic greeting. I talked about difficulties that I may have with you guys. And um, I just presume that like Austin was saying when, I think he was saying this, when it gets intense, I presume there might be some psychic greeting, but otherwise 99 out of 100 times, I don't know if there's actual psychic reading there, but I do recall one instance when I know I received something that was external from myself. And it was when I was moving to Louisville to first move in with you, Jim and Carla in 2003. And I was tired and on the road and I was coming down from Northeast Ohio and near the beginning of the trip, it was late. It was my second trip of the same day. I pulled over to a rest area and I had, I was just like greeted with an image that if I proceeded, certain death awaited me. <laughs> it was just really foreboding and ominous. And somehow I knew that this wasn't true, that this was a projected image onto me. So I uh, just calmly didn't energize it and move forward. And of course I didn't die, I'm still here. <laughs> and uh, regarding the, the uniqueness of the raw contact, um, it's not to agree completely with what Austin was saying. And to clarify, it's not to make Jim, Carla and Don like super special people. It's to clarify the unique nature of that particular endeavor. And to my understanding, it's like um, saying, 
that very few people on earth will experience uh, floating in space or the g-forces of being shot into orbit because very few people are astronauts and very few people just do that thing and then um i really want to talk about the principle of knowing the self or or how psychic reading manifests as a, a function of insufficient self-knowledge but um i can table that i just want to put it out there that i want to speak to that at some point okay Maybe the fifth one, fifth question. All right. Uh, number three says, what happens if you attempt to do battle with the psychic greeter? Austin, any ideas there? <laughs> I imagine the, if you're listening to this podcast, then you lose. <laughs> um, Rod talks about a bidding process. Uh, I don't fully understand what it means to have a, a bid for power with another entity. I imagine it's very psychically intense. I imagine you have to be very skilled and uh, very disciplined mentally and physically and spiritually in order to actually even participate in a battle with a psychic greeter. So um, essentially, I think if you're a positive entity and if you attempt to do battle with a psychic greeter, uh, you not only essentially deteriorate your own polarity, um, you are just, they have been walking this path for a while. They understand what this is all about. Uh, this is part of their path is the sort of like battle and it is not part of the positive path. And it's likely you haven't experienced it unless you're also a negative entity. And I just can't imagine a scenario where that would end well for a, a positive uh, polarizing entity to try to do battle with a psychic greeter. Um, I do think there's a distinction between, say, uh, protecting yourself, such as through white magical rituals, like the banishing ritual of the lesser pentagram and something like that. I don't think that's necessarily uh, doing battle, um, but it is uh, do offering protection, which can help you uh, prevent the greeting itself. So essentially what happens if you attempt to do battle is I think that you kind of you're losing the game already just by attempting like you have already lost good point uh gary any your thoughts on that from you yeah austin covered it really well i just have like a different spin on the same information in 80.3 raw says that the quote element of fear is a quote great weapon in the arsenal of the negative entity undertaking psychic greeting and um because you know fear separates us fear creates adversarial relationships so if you are doing battle then like what austin was describing you're playing their game and uh you're on their turf so to speak and really the the job of the positive entity one way to describe it that is is to say that that the job is to see the creator in all things and it is exceedingly difficult to see the creator in an enemy combatant. Um, in fact, <laughs> I think like nothing could be further than seeing the creator than to see an enemy. It's probably it's one of the mo craziest concepts in a creation of unity anyway, that to the, the one infinite thing could pretend to be too different or more things and that they could be at war with one another and be enemies but um and then then final thought um 
to speak, this kind of gets into the, your next question about how to effectively respond to negative greeting, but I situated it here because it exemplifies how it's not a battle. And um, Ra talks about in 44.10, they say, we shall offer the most available or simple, and they're talking about means of dealing with psychic greeting. They say, to share difficult contact with other selves associated with the negative greeting, so like your friends, your loved ones, your families, and to meditate and love for senders of these images, the negative entities, and light for self and other selves is the most available means of nullifying the effects of such occurrences. To downgrade these experiences by the use of intellect or the disciplines of will is to invite the prolonging of the effects. Far better than to share and trust such experiences and join hearts and souls in love and light with compassion for the negative entity and armor for the self. So like I read that to mean that there is security in vulnerability and um, you know, not defending an egoic self per se, but focusing on love and sharing openly and vulnerably with, with your companions and um, not engaging in a mentality of bellicosity and battle. Right. I think Jesus put it real simply, he said, resist not evil. Pray for those who persecute you. So uh, that's uh, the goal, I think, here. Austin, any final thoughts on this uh, number three? Mm, nope, not for me. Uh, Gary? Nope, thanks. Okay, well, let's continue on then with number four, where we get into what you just mentioned. What are some of the more effective ways of responding to a psychic greeting? Austin, how about you starting us off there? Well, I think... Uh, Gary was just about to cover it really well and earlier he was also when he was talking about how he personally deals with what could be considered psychic greeting I think that's really important too uh, like I said earlier between the three of us I can't imagine or I can't remember a single point where one of us brought up to the others um, hey I think I'm experiencing psychic greeting I think we need to like increase our protection rituals or something like that mm -hmm. um whenever it is something that is like whenever there is a potential psychic greeting if it happens um the root of the issue is discussed and not the actual greeting itself and i think that's really important in that like just addressing the distortion that is being energized and being highlighted is in terms of protection probably one of the best techniques but then Gary was talking about Ra's suggestion of like sending uh, love and light. And there's a perspective on that that I think is important. And that's that if you're sending the love and light, if you're attempting to love this enemy as a discipline of will, um, then I think it kind of nullifies the effect. I think that sometimes a person can think about sending love and light to a negative entity and they kind of have this attitude of like that'll show them i'll just send them all this love and light and <laughs> i'll just beat them back with all of my love <laughs> and i think that that kind of that attitude isn't actually love and light i think that's actually just trying to put a positive um coat of paint on what is essentially the negative uh bid for power and i think it really takes uh, introspection and contemplation of what it means to love an entity that is attempting to you know do harm to you to sway you from your path and to actually hold them in acceptance and love and 
I think that is ultimately uh, the the best way to deal with it and um, just continually trying to refine your approach and trying to refine your perspective on love. Uh, Rod said that um, love is the great protector. Right. Yeah. I think that's probably the, like you just said, the hardest thing is not just sending the love and the light, but not sending it in order that a certain outcome happens. You're not sending them to make it go away. You're sending it because you, in your heart, you do love them. They are the creator too. And so I, I think it's important to be as pure, as you said, in your sending of love as possible so that it's not conditional. It's unconditional love. Gary, any more thoughts on that? Yeah, before I replied, did are you going to dive into uh, how to effectively respond to psychic greeting a little bit more on the love aspect? Yeah, Carla had some suggestions in 101 that I'm, I'm going to share. Okay, cool. Because I figured you uh, would speak really well to that, in which case, um, and I, I, I found four or five quotes that speak really well to it and they're, they're on the shorter side. But um, I wanted to speak to the knowing yourself part of how to effectively respond to psychic greeting. And it's more of a, a principle that both illustrates how psychic greeting operates and um, its benefit and how in answering this question, Jim, how knowing the self is an effective way to deal with psychic reading in the, the long span of the journey. So Ross says, where's my quote? In 80.4, they say, the less balanced the distortion that an entity has, that a third entity entity has, the less balanced the distortion by self-knowledge, the more adeptly that the negative entity may accentuate such a distortion in order to mitigate against the smooth functioning and harmony of the group or smooth harmony and functioning of the self. So, um, you know, we understand that the positive polarity is one of becoming increasingly conscious of that which is unconscious in us through knowing the self and loving and accepting the self and forgiving the self. But insofar as we are less than conscious of various aspects of ourselves, then those unconscious facets of ourselves are um, maybe more skillfully manipulated by negative entities. And I was trying to think of like a good example of how that might operate. So say that in not fully knowing who you are and having accepted who you are, you have habituated patterns of uh, seeking chemical escape, like turning to um, alcohol or other sorts of drugs as a means to mitigate pain or you know, not face the self, you know, otherwise distract and escape the self. Uh, through the long journey of knowing the self, you may discover that what you're really seeking in the false substitute of drugs is love or self-acceptance or community. But in the absence, because you don't fully know yourself, you don't understand what the real drive is when you're seeking drugs. In the absence of that knowledge, your craving for a substance could be intensified by negative greeting in order to disrupt your service and distract uh, your attention 
Um, and that's same with the, any pattern of separation that is operating within you. It can be accentuated and um, because it's, it's unconscious in you. And and <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I wanted to say for now. So the, the, the more aware we become of ourselves, the less vulnerable, I think, to having those distortions accentuated by negative greeting, or at least having them accentuated in such a way that it um, overtakes us. Right. Okay. Well, Carla had three different suggestions that I thought were very interesting. I'll share them with you. Uh, she starts off with the player at the lighthouse level is one who has awakened his magical personality and can create changes in his consciousness at will. Such a phrase as all is well is a very quick invocation of a point of view which is fearless and confident. I also use a simple one word prayer, Jesus. And this works whether or not you are a Christian or whether you believe in any religion. Jesus is the inner planes embodiment of unconditional love. Saying that word brings an immediate change in consciousness. If you wish to access the vibration of Jesus the Christ, but prefer not to use that name when you pray, other Christ names of the new age are Jeshua, Jehoshua, and Sananda. And then she says, if it was a nightmare from which you awoke in terror, get up. Fix a cup of green tea, light a candle, and meditate or read for a while until you feel right again. If it was a waking vision of disturbing content, alter your program for the day enough to include a change in physical place or, failing that, a different activity. If it is a feeling of dread with no content, then pray or sing a favorite song. Place good content where there was zero content in the mind using your breath, and the nameless fear will be chased away. And then the third one was, when your greeting is particularly persistent, roll out the big guns. <laughs> My favorite resource for persistent greeting is a dedication of the self to the forces of unconditional love, symbolized by the figure of Jesus the Christ. Dion Fortune offers this resource in her excellent title, little book, Psychic Self-Defense. The text of the prayer is, I am a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom I serve with all my heart, all my mind and all my strength. I draw a circle around me in the name of the Christ across which no mortal error dares to set his foot. Then physically draw this circle around yourself as you say the words by touching your hands behind you and then bringing them around to the front and touching them in front of you as you draw a circle around your body in the air. When you have finished this prayer, clap your hands together to signify that it is done. I have used this prayer extensively in difficult times and have found it quite useful, even when the most disturbing greetings have hit me, like being unable to breathe or feeling suicidal. The prayer seems to wear off in a few hours and therefore it may need to be repeated. Say it again, just as you would repeat a dose of medicine. You cannot overdose and you need no prescription. Any other ways of dealing with psychic greetings that you all would like to share? Have a little bit to offer, Austin. Did you want to share? I did, but it's escaping my train of thought. So go ahead and offer, and then if it comes to me, I'll uh, I'll follow you. All right. 
so I wanted to read a, a few that it's like I'm saying a lot like a lot it's 10 sentences uh five shortish quotes and it just really brings home how clear Ra is about the centrality of love in dealing with psychic greeting they say thus we see protection being very simple give thanksgiving for each moment you know that connects to what Jim was quoting from Carla in terms of just being faithful about the moment. Give thanksgiving for each moment. See the self and the other self as creator. Open the heart. Always know the light and praise it. This is all the protection necessary. 32.1. Next quote. There is no protection greater than love. 75.2. Next quote. Love is the great protector. Kind of redundant. 63.5. And then finally when describing this is such a poignant quote because it is it has a sort of drama to it almost but it's beautiful and it describes this samurai level this is my interpretation um masterful powerful negative fifth density entity throwing the full weight of its assault against um fallible imperfect jim carla and don who aren't magical adepts but who are nonetheless engaged in a very high stakes magical working and ra says to the group it is not within your conscious selves to stand against such refined power but rather it has been through the harmony the mutual love and the honest calling for aid from the forces of light which have given you the shield and buckler (laughs) gives me goosebumps it's it's poetic and it speaks to not like you guys aren't super buff commandos trained in in, you know magical warfare that's not your protection rather it's your harmony with one another it's your mutual support it's your camaraderie your friendship your love for one another and just you're you're operating from the open heart so i love how that highlights that and then finally um and this again highlights how if it's used serve if it's used psychic greeting can become as austin was describing a gift um, because in i i lost the q a number but ra says that as a result of the psychic greeting that the group was experiencing uh quote the uh, the quote inner connections of harmony and love of service were actually improved so that they became more loving <laughs> thanks to this you know, very negative assault. And then finally, 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 <laughs> um, Carla had always recommended a book by Dion Fortune named Psychic Self-Defense for anybody interested in um, diving more into ritual and protocols for creating protection and boundaries for the self. <clears throat> I've never read it. Um, she always appreciated it. <clears throat> And that's it. Okay, Austin, did that thought come back to you? It did. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it was spawned by Gary's earlier mentioning of self-knowledge and what a great aid that is in dealing with psychic greeting. And he was talking about self-knowledge in, um, might not be the right word, but sort of an abstract sense where you are have these unconscious sort of attributes and then you use your catalyst and you um, contemplate yourself in sort of this abstract sense 
which I think is the most powerful tool to know yourself. Uh, another sort of angle on knowing yourself is the practice of uh, mindfulness so you can know yourself in any given moment. And I think that's also an incredibly powerful tool in dealing with something like psychic greeting, as well as any other scenario in which you're dealing with other people and there is an exchange of energies that might become tense. And practicing mindfulness, it's sort of like a muscle. You know, when you do mindfulness meditation, you become, it becomes a habit for you to be able to stay within the present moment and become aware of the things that are arising within you. And so that can clearly be a tool for coping with psychic greeting because when something like psychic greeting begins to arise within you, this muscle of mindfulness offers you sort of this overview or reflection uh, perspective where you can see yourself clearly and see what is happening. And it is sort of like a, a foot in the door for love where no matter what is arising within you, if you're able to maintain that sort of overview perspective that mindfulness gives, it allows you to inject love into any moment, no matter what tension is arising or no matter what, who might be greeting you in what way. So um, I think that's another key aspect. And then also just quickly, what came to mind when Gary was reading those quotes is that Ra in the... Uh, um, sort of uh, imagery they were giving talked about a shield and buckler, but they didn't mention having a sword. So um, <laughs> good point. I think that's a good point. Yeah. A, a key too, is that this is uh, methods of protection and not of fighting back. Yeah. When Jesus was being uh, gathered up by the Pharisees and Sadducees after Judas betrayed him, one of his followers took out a sword and whacked off the ear of one of the guards. And he said, put away the sword. Those who live by the sword shall die by the sword. Mm -hmm. uh, glad that thought came to you, Austin. Uh, any more thoughts on the question number four? Mm -mm. Not for me. Okay, well, number five could be an interesting one. And if it's okay, I'd like to start us off with what Carla has to say about, is it ever possible that we could be responsible for causing the difficulty or pain that we are perceiving as a psychic greeting? And she says, when people think of psychic greeting, it is always assumed that it is coming from outside the self. However, the Confederation says that most so-called psychic greetings are actually instances of psychic resistance coming from within the player's own personality. When a player begins to polarize successfully towards the positive, changes begin occurring within his energy body. These changes demand that he release his old definition of himself as a wounded person. Most old definitions of the self involve remembered pain. There are many pockets of ancient pain in us all. This old pain must be processed, balanced, released, and left behind. Quo says, there are many ways in which embedded pain can find an echo, a reflection, or a voice within the present moment. And so some of the voices speaking to the energetic body will be those of a negative tone of voice. And that negativity will be cunningly and specifically crafted to fit into the present moment and to cause the experience of distraction or resistance. And then she says, this is why finding and releasing embedded pockets of pain in the memory is such central work for the player. Such pockets of pain offer easy targets for agents of psychic resistance within the energy body and personality, as well as those outside of the self. Some psychic greetings 
Okay, that was it. Um, do actually come from others. But so I, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Uh, Gary, did you have any thoughts on this question in general or what Carla had to say? Thumbs up to what Carla had to say. Very well put and overlaps with my own thought on this question. Um, whereas, however, where she focused on pain and Eckhart Tolle has an interesting light on this. He calls it the pain body and describes how the pain body, um, you know, he gives it a sort of form, becomes activated when um, catalyst strikes. But anyway, in, uh, instead of pain or in addition to pain, I would say, uh, I would bring in, invoke the word unconscious or the concept of the unconscious because uh, as Ra calls us mind, body, spirit complexes. And the complex is really not a throwaway word. It's important because it highlights how we are a constituency of multiple pieces, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> that through the long journey of positive evolution become integrated through knowing and accepting ourselves. But uh, in that divided, separated, partitioned, differentiated state. Um, we have various aspects to ourselves and there's a cultural term we use for those aspects which have not been uh, appraised and accepted and loved and integrated by the conscious mind and that is the shadow and within the shadow are the repressed and the rejected uh, aspects of ourselves or traumatized portions of ourselves that become compartmentalized and they go unconscious. And whether it's pain in the unconscious or just aspects of self that we are not aware of, when the unconscious speaks to us through catalyst and feeling, uh, we don't, oh, we don't quite recognize it. We become afraid of this. Um, we losing my thought a little bit here we yeah i guess we, we haven't courted our own potentiator um we haven't made peace with or surrendered to or built the trust the full trust between the conscious and the unconscious mind so the the, uh, the unconscious can be um hard to see as being sourced within us. It can be frightening. And then it becomes easy to either to project that onto others or to assume like Carla was describing that this pain that is arising or this fear, this negativity within us is you know, coming from outside of ourself. Um, I, I think generally uh, we are not going to be aware that psychic greeting is occurring. If it is, it's gonna sound no different than our own voice in our own head uh, because we have these unknown aspects to ourselves because we have pre-existing distortions that negative greeting is taking advantage of. Um, so whether or not psychic greeting is present is still always fundamental to take responsibility for what one is feeling and thinking and experiencing. Uh, Ra describes how through the taking of responsibility for what is arising in the moment, I'm paraphrasing here, that the entity empowers its progress exponentially. 
So uh, much the same way the entity empowers its progress exponentially by seeking love in the moment, because this is a self-authored journey that is unfolding on one level or another according to our free will. And to conclude, uh, Eckhart Tolle echoes the same when he describes uh, or he suggests that we accept the moment as if we had chosen it ourselves. And I think that's a, a fantastic premise towards increasing self-responsibility. Excellent. Yes. Okay. Austin, what do you think about this topic here and what Gary said as well? Yeah, I think Gary basically went over a lot of what I had in mind. So I will just sort of highlight a lot of what he said um, and give credit to Carl Jung, who is sort of who I consider the father of a lot of these ideas. Um, if I'm wrong and anybody knows of somebody who talked about the unconscious mind in this way and the shadow and projection before Carl Jung, let me know because in my mind, he uh, it goes uncredited a lot in paving this great highway of conceiving of our minds and ourselves and our spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. um, because he, you know, he's the one who developed the, theory and the concept of shadow and projection and the subconscious unconscious mind I believe was primarily Freud but the way that even we think about it in terms of how Ra talks about it that's something that I think Carl Jung did um, before anybody else uh, but if I am wrong I know that there's some Buddhist theories of mind that kind of incorporate similar ideas but in the specific way that we consider it. Uh, I think Carl Jung deserves a lot of credit. And if you're interested in this sort of angle of looking at the mind, I definitely suggest uh, looking into his work. Um, some of the more entry-level stuff because he was very difficult to read um, the stuff that he wrote. But essentially, uh, I agree with everything that Gary was saying. And I think it's really important, this idea of projection because the way that Carl Jung talked about it was that um, it was more relevant in terms of other people where we would begin seeing aspects in other people or view their behavior in a certain light. And then uh, what we were actually doing was seeing a reflection of ourselves within them. Like we were attributing certain aspects to them that weren't innate in what they were doing they were actually us attempting to unconsciously perceive ourselves and trying to figure out what it is about ourselves that maybe we don't like or maybe goes unnoticed but i do think that uh this projection can literally manifest as a another perceived being in uh, sort of the spiritual realm for people who have beliefs like we do, that there's the potential for these beings to exist. And so we can literally project an entire being from our unconscious into our awareness. And we can believe that there is an actual other being attempting to do something to us and attempting to manipulate us in some way. And I think that that is um, probably when people are pretty sure they're experiencing psychic greeting. Um, like uh, Carlo was saying, the Confederation says, more often than not, it is a projection and it is not an actual entity that is doing this to us. But I think a key point is that the response is essentially the same, I believe. Like no matter what it is, you would love it equally as a part of the creator, whether it's part of yourself or whether it's an actual negative entity. And it is something that is 
showing you a part of yourself. It's showing you an aspect of yourself that is asking for your love. And so whether or not there's an actual being attempting to throw you off balance, um, it, I don't want to say it's not relevant because in some cases it is relevant. Um, like during the raw contact or just in general, if you're doing magical work, doing the magical ritual protective rituals, I think uh, could be important, but in general, the response would be the same. And then one other aspect that I don't want to get too deep into, but I think is worth mentioning is that there is an element of uh, mental health that I think should be addressed and that um, we have seen it and uh, I've seen it plenty that somebody who has an actual mental illness um, it can be easy for them to perceive themselves as being attacked by another being and think that it is a psychic greeting, but it is uh, actual mental illness that should probably be addressed on a more clinical level uh, than a spiritual level first. Uh, but since we're not mental health experts, we can't really talk too much about that. <laughs> so that's all that I've got. Yeah, that's very good, Austin. Um, I'm wondering, do you think that this uh, projection is similar to what Ra calls the mirroring effect, where we see each other, uh, we see ourselves in the other, especially if we are dealing with a person who's fairly well balanced, that then the other self would look at, to the self seeing itself. Yeah, I think they're actually exactly the same idea. Uh, maybe there's more nuance to Ra. Well, maybe not, but you know, Ra said that living without other selves is akin to living without mirrors. And I think essentially our primary way of knowing ourselves is through understanding this process of shadow and projection, where we have aspects of ourselves that we acknowledge we don't know. And then we acknowledge that the world, especially our other selves, is reflecting those things back to us. It enables us to then, you know, contemplate our reality and our experiences and discover ourselves through what we are seeing outside of us. Right. Now, would you say that Jung or you or anybody else would recommend that what we should do is accept that shadow side of ourselves, learn to love it? Carla always said uh, that she wanted to embrace any part of herself that was a shadow that was still unknown to her because it had something to offer her. Usually the rejected part of ourselves, according to Carla, had a kind of a grit and a determination that could be very helpful to the conscious seeker of truth. And if we could embrace those qualities that we had rejected, then it would enhance our entire journey. Uh, what do you think about that, Austin? And then we'll go to you, Gary. Yeah, I'm. from what I can tell, Carl Jung's essential stance was very similar to Ra's and that judging these things or trying to you know, destroy them or ignore them as part of ourselves only makes them worse. And that essentially the spiritual journey for him was understanding that we are complete beings. We contain within us every aspect of what it means to be a human being, good and bad. And finding a way to come to terms with that and to love it um, is essentially what he would phrases uh, individualization or um, enlightenment whatever he would call it but essentially the same thing that i think uh, we're doing with the law of one okay very good uh, gary uh, your thoughts on this uh... mm, very well put uh, 
a tiny additional contribution and that's to recall that adage that's maybe a little bit trite but that goes what you resist persists um, <laughs> yeah <coughs> i like it excuse me i think things contain more wisdom if they rhyme <laughs> <laughs> you remember them longer <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true yeah, I, I think that um, just echoes what Austin was saying in a less nuanced sort of way. <clears throat> and that's that, um, you know, we're greeted with our image from other selves or, or, or we see our, the workings of our own unconscious. And um, there's all sorts of ways that we can reject or resist that and, and not practice the acceptance that is the road to integration of self so surrender trust faith um facing oneself honesty acceptance these are the the principles that lead to the reintegration of not only the mind body spirit complex within its own unit but the integration of the creation or the, the self with the in creation as it becomes reconciled with that which seems to be other than from the standpoint of the illusion very well, very good. Okay, any other comments? Not for me, it's a very tight show. Not for me. Okay, well, um, I will summarize with Carla's last paragraph here. I think it's a good one. If this process seems to take you away from your good work for a while, that is dealing with psychic readings, do not begrudge the time taken to move back into the open heart. It is far more important metaphysically speaking, for the player to return to the consciousness of the open heart than for him to be especially efficient in his work of that day. Impatience, anger, or other negative reactions to having to do this work only keep the self out of the heart. So players need to be calm, serene, and without undue haste in dealing with perceived greetings from negative forces. Address what Ra called the chink in the armor of light with love, and love will prevail. Okay, folks, I think that's just about it here. You've been listening to Elena Research's The Law of One podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find more from the LNL Research at lnlresearch.org and bringforth.org. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. A special thank you to Diana for the question and to Gary and Austin for joining me today. If you've got a question or topic you'd like for us to discuss, Please read the instructions at thelresearch.org forward slash podcast. The life of the spiritual seeker of truth is not always a smooth journey. Many times each of us will face hurdles and obstacles that seem to block our progress. Whether they come from within ourselves or from unseen negative entities, the solution is always to seek to understand ourselves better and to send our heartfelt love and light to any other entity that might be involved, as well as sending the loving acceptance to ourselves. In this third density illusion, love is always the answer to any problem. We love you all, and we'll talk with you again next time.